For the benefit of those of you who are guests and for the benefit of those of you who are not guests but have not been paying attention, um, I, I want to give a little bit of explanation. And, and I would start with what you encountered on your way in the door. Uh, the refreshments today were provided by Christine and Ravon Hammond. Uh, Christine has worshipped with us during her season at Albion College, which has come to a close. And uh, as part of her thank you to you and the thank you from her mother, I, I, again, I trust if you didn't, uh, you'll take time to read the cards that were written to you as a congregation on each of the tables uh, with a message of thanks and appreciation. Um, again, sometimes we lose sight of how we can make a difference in relatively ordinary ways to us, but it is oftentimes very, very meaningful. So, again, thank you, ladies, on behalf of the congregation. Um, the other thing is a couple of things that uh, today's service is going to be a little bit uh, out of the ordinary, whatever ordinary is for us. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know or have forgotten, um, starting Tuesday of this week, I will be starting a, th- a three-month sabbatical. And so we've talked a lot about it, um, but so today's service is going to have some elements related to that. Uh, also today, we're receiving people into membership. Uh, we are a part of the Wesleyan Church, and uh, as a part of that, there are, there are membership opportunities. And also, as a part of the Wesleyan Church, uh, we are required on at least an annual basis to have a meeting of our membership. And typically at that meeting, we call it the annual meeting. Some churches call it the local church conference. But typically at that time, we hear reports from various people who have served in a variety of capacities, and then we select leadership for the coming year. So most of that will take place after service today. We will have a meeting afterwards. You're all welcome to stay. We'll take a brief break, and and then we'll uh, convene the annual meeting. Uh, But what I will be doing today during the time I normally allot to my Sunday morning message, I will be sharing my annual report, my portion of the annual meeting, with all of you because I want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to hear it. And then again, going back to sabbatical, at the very end of the service, I will be inviting us to join together in what we're calling a a time of commissioning. Um, Me and you praying for those who will be serving in leadership in my absence, and you praying for God to meet Diane and I uh, during this season uh, of refreshing and restoration. So having said that, I'm going to launch right into my report, and it may be a little bit more read than I usually like in delivering a message. Uh, So I'll just jump in. Friends, fellow believers, members, and supporters of Caring Community Church, I respectfully submit the following comments as my annual report for the year of June 1st, 2017 through May 31st of 2018. And again, that's how our church year runs, June 1st to the end of May each year. Today I will be gathering my annual report comments under the heading, Changing Our Minds About Change. No doubt some of you have heard me say that I like change when it's my idea. Not so much when it's not. Over the course of this church year, in addition to providing oversight to the various ministries and activities associated with this ministry, the local board of administration, under the direction of Special Advisor Ron Owens, has invested an incredible amount of time and energy looking at the changes required to help caring communities sustain a viable and vital impact for many years to come. On some levels, 
we have literally had to change our minds about change. And today, on their behalf, I invite you to continue with us on this journey. As part of the intense preparation for our first pastoral sabbatical, it was quickly apparent that we as a church needed to make a number of changes with regard to who does what and when it gets done. Due to the way this ministry has evolved from our earliest days, and again, for those of you who may not know, in 1981, that's not my notes, in 1981, First Wesleyan Church in Battle Creek sent Diana and I here, literally hooking up to our mobile home and driving it over here and dropping it in Albion in January of 1981. Diana and I and our two young daughters Woohoo, let's start a church, all right? Uh, God in his divine providence has allowed it to become uh, what it is today. But due to the way the ministry has evolved from those earliest of days, there are many areas where over the time it has become the default setting that Pastor Steve and or Diana will do it. We have increasingly come to realize that this is not healthy for us, nor is it healthy for the church. At times when attempting to make changes, it has been difficult finding and training the right people who are willing to step up, while at other times the challenge has been for me to be willing to step back and let go. One of the very positive things that's come from the sabbatical preparation is not only did it highlight the need for change in this area, it has literally, literally forced us to make changes. Here's a quick glimpse of some of what the local board of administration, and that's what we call our chief leadership team here. Part of their journey of change has involved at our annual meeting last year, we decided to increase the size of our leadership team from seven members to nine members so more people could share in the work of the ministry they were embracing. We've changed the meeting format by every meeting assigning a specific time slot to sabbatical and succession planning preparation. Changing roles for the individual members with each taking responsibility to communicate with and report on specific areas of ministry. We have accepted increased responsibility for providing pastoral care to the congregation. We're trying to have everyone begin to help share in the responsibility to make sure everyone is cared for to the best of this church's ability. The local board administration has made a commitment to personal and leadership growth through assigned reading and group discussion, a change that was eagerly accepted by some, not so much by others. But what started out to be, let's read a book and talk about it, Um, The first book was great. We read a book and we talked about it. We nodded our heads and thought, there's some good stuff there. The next book, um, the first part, anybody ever have a root canal? (laughs) Ever a root canal without anesthesia? (laughs) The the first portion of this book was tough. It, It was very scholarly, of which I'm not. But the second part forced us to wrestle with a total change in how we view the role of the board administration and 
providing shepherding care for this flock. So to be honest with you, we didn't make it past the second book because we thought there's no sense reading another one till we start doing something with what we've read. And so we have a group working on that. Increasingly, the board has begun to delegate board actions to subcommittees or working groups. Instead of having all of the board decide whether or not to buy a ream of paper or a whole case of paper, like in the good old days, we delegate and we assign a group to set the budget for the coming year. Part of the stretching for me is this year I wasn't even on the team to set the budget. Uh, I still clench my teeth a little, but we'll see. I have confidence in them. As I've hinted at, we're also in the process of preparing to implement a systematic approach to releasing our lay leaders, members of the congregation, to provide a majority of the pastoral and congregational care, something that will, in my opinion, dramatically increase the quality of the care and the potential to care for more people. I suspect it goes without saying that whenever the leadership of an organization is making changes, the rest of the group will be impacted as well. While the implementation of, with the implementation of the sabbatical, we're asking you to change your mind about change in several areas. As I've already said, we're asking you to change your mind about when, where, and how you receive pastoral care. We're asking you to increasingly accept responsibility to care for one another. We're asking you to adapt to receiving platform teaching from someone other than Pastor Steve for an extended period of time. I I will just say, if you get to the point where you're just really desperately in need of a Pastor Steve fix, there are hundreds of Pastor Steve messages on the Internet, all right? Or if you're having trouble sleeping. But anyway, (laughs) we're asking you to increasingly be willing to step up and fill new roles of ministry and service by design and spontaneously. If you see something that needs to be done, then ask yourself, maybe am I the one who needs to step up? I would encourage you looking ahead. When it is offered, choose to take advantage of additional training that we will be offering to equip you for even greater levels of service and influence. We do have a team of very gifted leaders working on what is called the SHAPE model, where we encourage each person to find their unique ministry SHAPE. And that's an acronym for spiritual gifts, finding an area where God has uniquely equipped you to give. I'm probably stepping on everybody else's report, but anyway. Finding where God has uniquely spiritually gifted you. The H is for heart, finding a place that you really are amped about. A is for abilities. All of us have different abilities. Imagine if we all find a way to impact the kingdom of God, serving within the skill set that we already have. The P is personality. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed other people are different than me. And many of us think that's a really good thing because their personality equips them and empowers them to do things that we don't do so well. And then the E, I just drew a total blank. Experience. Some of us have a lot of experience. (laughs) 
why not find a way that we can impact the kingdom of God by using the experiences that we already have while seeking to grow stronger in all areas. So we're working hard on that, and I just want you to begin, want to whet your appetite a bit. This season of change, and some of you may not have heard any rumblings about this, uh, as I said, we're part of the Wesleyan denomination, and this season of change is even being experienced on a denominational level. For the entire time I've been a part of the Wesleyan Church, or this church has been in existence, we have been a part of what's called the West Michigan District. It's a geographic region of churches working together toward a common goal. The denomination is changing. And effective in June, the West Michigan District, the East Michigan District, the North Michigan District, the Illinois District, and the Wisconsin District will all become one called the Great Lakes Region. It is the vision of our denominational leadership that that will make us more effective and eliminate redundancy in the bureaucracy. It's interesting, and I share this with you for a reason because it's not a big deal to many of you, but I share this with you because at the same time we're asking you to wrestle with changes in pastoral care. This change is forcing Diana and me to make some changes regarding our spiritual care. Who provides it? Who we look to when we have a need? The same changes we're asking you to make, we're wrestling to make as well. Believe me, I know change can be very difficult. But I'm asking you to please be flexible and open to the process. Because I'm confident that in spite of any turbulence in the journey. In the end, the kingdom will be advanced as a result of our willingness to adapt. This year has also seen a variety of other changes, some good and some not so good. In just a few moments, as I've said, we're going to be receiving four new members and reactivating one member for a total addition of our membership of five The other side of that coin is this year, four members from our church have transferred to other Wesleyan churches, and one has become inactive. So as a net result, our membership remains the same. In the area of attendance, at this point, and again, our year doesn't technically end for a couple more Sundays. But at this point, it appears that by the end of the statistical year, our average Sunday morning attendance will stand at 106. That's a 5% decrease from last year's average of 112. High attendance days like last week with the ballet recital. 240 people gathered in this room. Granted, many of them already had church homes. But it should give us a glimpse of the untapped potential that surrounds us. This marks the fourth consecutive year that we have seen a decline in attendance. As I've said in great detail in my message last year, there are undoubtedly many factors that contribute to this decline, but it is something that the LBA and we as a church body have to continue to wrestle with. 
do the math. Just do the math. 5% a year. On the other side, during this year, we recorded eight faith decisions that, to the best of our knowledge, were first-time decisions. We had the privilege together of baptizing six individuals, and we dedicated one child. Two sides to every coin. Financially, if you want to hear the full story, stay for the meeting and hear the treasurer's report. And I defer to that for specifics. But I would acknowledge that again this year, I am humbled by God's provision and I'm humbled by your obedience collectively in the area of stewardship. It continues to be obvious that many of you are consistently applying the teachings of Scripture, the lessons of Financial Peace University, and the lessons we learned from a study called The Blessed Life as guides for your financial management and generous giving. Again, it continues to humble me when I see across not our church, but the church universal, a steady decline in faithful giving. And I'm not seeing that here. That humbles me. Every indication is, if you track in the bulletin, is that we will meet our budget goal for the year. And I'm very confident that we will end the year having met all of our financial obligations and responsibilities. We don't talk a lot about it because the church, not our church, but the church in general is often accused of focusing too much on money. But I need you to understand, we have the privilege of being a part of a body together that is incredibly fiscally responsible. And you help to make that possible. I also would reference in the financial heading the conclusion of our overwhelmingly successful Caring for the Generations Capital Campaign. We've said it before, but at the end of a church year, it bears saying again. The three-year campaign resulted in a significant decrease in the balance owed for our facility expansion, literally shaving years off the term of our mortgage while at the same time saving thousands and thousands of dollars in interest. And that's because you're obedient. With regard to our facility, again, uh, Todd, as head trustee, will talk more about that in a bit. I think his report's written on his palm, but I'm not sure. Um, but a part of what we've been working with with the trustees is prying my hands off from things and letting them fulfill their responsibility releasing things from my attention to those of the trustees. But just a quick list. Just in this past year, sealed the parking lot, assisted, added assisted listening devices, lobby speakers, platform lighting, classroom blinds, landscape improvements. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, countless miscellaneous maintenance projects. Thanks to some, many of you have not heard this yet, but thanks to some generous above and beyond gifts totally outside the parameters of our general operating budget. We are moving forward, and sometime this summer, we will be replacing the front doors to our entrance. New frame, new doors, new hardware, the whole nine yards, and also working to address the exterior trim and making sure that all gets a tune-up. 
I would say again, and again, you'll hear more about this report in a bit, but even with fluctuating numbers and increased building use, our cleaning team continues to pay the price to keep our facility clean and ready for all who enter. Just a reminder, there's always room for more on that team. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe you've done it and taken your own season off. Uh, but I would just ask you to be particularly mindful of that. And then I would also reference with regard to our facility. It continues to bless me to see the increased usage. That was part of our vision when we chose to pay the price to expand our facility was to see the building used more. And it is. And that thrills me. It makes it all worth it. With regard to programming, some changes, some continuation, but we continue to see things like our small groups, our Bible studies, financial peace, Heaven's Lease Ballet, our youth group, worship team, Christmas gift bags, wild game dinner, fireworks outreach, just to rattle off a few. Last year, Bev Clute uh, led our vacation Bible school, and we're excited this year that Sherry and Katie Butler are stepping in to be a part of the leadership team. And so, again... Lots going on, and I want you to understand that. As I wrap up this portion, as always, I want to thank each member of our local board of administration. Spence Farmer in the back, Michelle Keppen, Dan Omer, Diana Patton, Robin Brigham, Susie Solis, Todd Turner, and John Vanderford. I thank each of you for your kingdom vision, for your willingness to take on new roles with increased responsibilities and adapt to an ever-changing job description. We literally changed the rules on them in the middle of the game, and none of them took their marbles and went home or threw their marbles at me. Also, a deep appreciation to Cheryl for her flexibility as we work to make sure everything is in order prior to sabbatical and our willingness to take on additional responsibility and commit additional hours. I believe I say it every year, but I also mean it every year. I count it a privilege to serve alongside of each of you, regardless of your role in the ministry of caring community. I thank each of you for being a part of the team. I specifically thank my co-leaders. I thank you as my friends. And I thank you all for your unwavering commitment to Jesus Christ and the ministry of Caring Community Church. Respectfully submitted, Steve Schaefer. Will you pray with me? <laughs> Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We are humbled by what you have chosen to do in our midst. And we are curious, even excited, to see what you have in store for us in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead. Father, we pray that you would help us to continue to celebrate the victories and continue to look for ways in which we might continue to change our minds about change to help us be increasingly effective to accomplish your purpose in our world. We thank you, Father. Amen.